Welcome to the HeartStrong Discipleship Podcast. Visit heartstrong.life forward slash login to access the notes from today and all the benefits of our membership community. One to the two and two to the three. Let the world see the Holy Trinity. Let's become HeartStrong Disciples of Jesus together. Thank you so much, Pastor Ingrid. It is an honor, like you said, and privilege for me to be here today. And let's worship all together with the Holy Spirit. What Moses is trying to tell all of us in our hearts, our soul, and our strength. What he has to share about Deuteronomy 14 and 15. But first, let's start with the memory verse. Ephesians 1, 17 to 21. That the Lord, that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. With the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Jesus Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but in the one to come. Brothers and sisters, I'm asking the Holy Spirit. To take control of this presentation. It will require an act of obedience. From all of us. Like Moses. Tried to tell the people. In Deuteronomy. About three weeks ago. I was into a meeting with Pastor Ingrid. Pastor Joy. Sister Elizabeth. And Pastor Joyce simply asked me a simple question. How do I manage to get up early in the morning? And you know, a hidden lie was hiding in my heart for over 10 years. You know what I've answered? I said, I wear headsets to don't bother my wife. What a foolish and stupid act from me. I've been separated since 2014 without admitting that I've lost half of the value of my house that was all paid through stock market. It destroyed my relationship with my wife and with my kids. 
we're all back together now with love because I couldn't admit that I was foolishly following the stock market advisors. I never really truly repented because I said I worked so hard for my family that I don't accept that liars brought me in that path. But you know who was a fool? That was me. I have accepted to follow their wicked advice and I paid dearly the price for it. And I never really scratched the bottom of my heart to admit it. And that caused me to lie to Pastor Jeff three weeks ago. I could stand it. I could not stand it. I was kicking my pillow. I couldn't sleep. I laid down on the carpet in the living room. Eventually, I had a few minutes rest. As soon as I got up, I sent an email just after midnight to Pastor Ingrid and Jeff. How sorry and stupid and foolish I was. Even up to today, I speak to you live. I still don't understand how I could have behaved such foolishly. You know, then on the following Thursday, I approached Pastor Boucher before the meeting. I said, that's it. I'm done. I cannot preach today. Not at all. I'm not capable. Because when Deuteronomy 6.5 says to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. My strength was at zero. My gas tank had no more gas. And you know how hard I work when I work into something. But my gas tank was at zero. My 30 years of being a believer, zip, gone. I said, Lord, I don't understand. I'm still that foolish guy who make mistakes. Then I went back. As soon as I finished it, talking to Pastor Boucher, I went back to work in construction in something that I know, that the Lord has always blessed me with integrity. And I said, Lord, I want to apply this in my own life. I want to paint a church. Yes, I did. The Eastview Baptist Church will look like an horror movie built in 1924. That church has never been maintained. When you look at it, Say, you so ugly as much as me. I went to paint that church. It took me 11 days, plus two Sundays, not working altogether, 13 days with complete fast. Climbing up 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet ladders. And this is an old heritage church, you know, sticking up that much with nails from the roof sticking down. It required a lot of energy from me. And it's tough to go through the nails. And every time I touch one of those nails, I said, this is one of those nails that went through your hands and your feet, Lord. I went through every little corner, scratching everything, like scratching my heart. My heart. I was looking at the people in Vanier walking with a case of 24 beers where they big bottles of whiskey, whatever. The prostitute working sideways to go do their whatever. And I said, I'm painting that church for you and for me. They didn't know what was hiding in my heart. Only me, I know. And now you know. And I bring it up to you 
because we're facing dead on the devil altogether. And uh, my tank at zero, that slowly was going up because I realized I'm a son of God. And the Lord told me that I'm your son. And I sent Jesus to take care of your sin. And today I'm able to talk to you openly because you must also obey the Lord on your side to don't condemn me. I have to obey, and you do have to obey too, because the wrath of God is towards me, not yours. Your business to obey. And this is a little bit what Moses was trying to tell the people. Can you imagine 400 years, and then you try to learn something? But you know, Moses had something that nobody else had. He went in the mountain. And he talked one-on-one -on -one with God, just like Abraham did. You know, Abraham in, 15, in Genesis 15, 17, he made a covenant with God. God asked him, bring me a heifer, a goat and a ram of three years old. Cut them in half in opposite position why because in the treaty god would say i'll take your weakness and i'll give you my strength the land that you're going through i will take care of it just like your sin i will take care of it and when abraham went to sleep the lord with a torch of flame went through the path of blood of those animals. I could not offer an animal. I only offered 13 days of fast and myself just once in the last two days. Every two minutes, I needed 30 minutes break because I was out of breath. I was holding to my ladder because once I almost fainted, falling down 30 feet. But the Lord said, I'll give you the strength to go through. And He did the same with Moses. When Moses went into the mountain, what he got is a burning bush. And that burning bush was enough for Moses to go through all whatever the Israelites would say. Oh, we don't like you. We don't want to follow you. You're a fool. But Moses remembered his burning bush. Moses went through. He didn't go into Canaan. No, he didn't go. No, not at all. But what did he do? Let's check it out a bit. I'm going to share my screen now. Here you go. This is Moses climbing up the mountain. This is Mount Pisgah. You see the height? 5,772 feet. That's pretty high for an old man, eh? And he went to die there. What a guy. If you have to climb a mountain, it requires a lot of energy. And the burning bush, he did it with the burning bush in his heart. Just like you and I, when we are going through something like today. What do we have to push us forward? What is motivating our heart? What is the Holy Spirit in all of us? What is bringing us believing in Jesus? 
Why? Through all what Moses went through. You know what happened? Look at Mount Tabor. That's a little smaller mountain. But who was there? You see? Elijah. And Jesus. That we know he went through. The promised land. Not on this earth. Like all of us. We might not see. The value of our prayers. But we believe. We have faith. We have trust into Jesus. Abraham did exactly the same thing with his son Isaac. He knew that Jesus would provide. And you know, all of us, we know that we depend on Jesus, no matter what we could do, right or wrong. We never know when the devil would come. But like Pastor Paul said yesterday, what do we do? We crush them all. We don't do like I did. Save a little bit of, our, of this for ourselves. And it's still our own pride, our selfishness that is in between us and God. And today, I want the Holy Spirit to take control of all what we're going to do in trying to have our hearts inclined towards what the Lord is telling us in each one of us. You see, the first line in 2 Deuteronomy 14.1. You are the sons of the Lord your God. I am his son. You are his son and daughter. And you should not cut yourself or make any baldness on your foreheads. You see, this is something so important. What Pastor Paul said yesterday is crucial. Today, I'm behaving like a child. I have faith in my God. I repented. And God, like he did for Abraham, like he did for Moses, is taking care of this presentation to all of us. Because all of our hearts are inclined towards the mighty Jesus who paid the price on the cross. And you see, in 1 King 18, 20 to 40, Elijah did exactly that. He said, come on in, come on in for the battle, you false prophets of Baha'u. Like Pastor Paul said yesterday, the goddess Asherah had a son, and the son was Baha'u. And he said, it's a geographical false god. Wherever you are, let's cut yourself in pieces. And Elijah prayed to our mighty God. He said, mighty God, let's show all of those false gods, what we can do. He took buckets of water and water and water on the altar. He said, and Lord, on top of all this, let's burn it all to show how mighty you are. Let's crush all those Baha'u's idols. <laughs> it burned it all. And what happened to those 450 Baha'u's? They were killed. Yes, killed. Exactly like Pastor Paul said yesterday. And the same thing happened in Jeremiah 16, 6. 80 more of false prophets shaved their beard following the death of someone. What occurred to them? Zip, dead, the same. Our mighty God cannot accept false prophets. 
let's sort of look at 14.2 now. This is the most important verse in what we're going to study today. For you are people only to the Lord your God. Yes, the word only is what we are right now. Clean of all sin. Pure heart. We make mistakes like I do. Like you do. But we repent. Daily, daily, daily. Don't wait like I did. Because at the moment you don't expect it. The devil will show up. To do what? To crush you. Then instead of him crushing you. We have the word right in front of us. Like Pastor Paul said yesterday, we have the word. When he said the prayer to his son, the three boys, go out and look at everything. And add the discernment to look at all those idols by the word. And this is exactly what the Pastor Paul prays so much our group. And we get up in the morning. We come up at sick. Why? Because we want to put the Lord in front of us. Not behind us, in front. 100% in front of us. And we use that word to go through life. This is exactly what Moses was trying to say. But you know where it starts? When we listen and our heart is not in sync, we have a problem of obedience like I did. My heart was not in sync with the listening. It was like a dirty floor, mud. And I put wax of our strong teaching. I put another coat of wax of our strong teaching. But what's the bottom under the wax of teaching of our strong, my dirty heart? And we must scratch it like I've done at painting that church. We must scratch all the dirty lies that the devil put into your heart. And this is exactly what Moses was trying to say. For you are a people only to the Lord. This is so crucial. We cannot stain the holiness of the Lord. We cannot. We cannot. It's just like accepting the idols coming towards us. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's not okay. I crush you. And like Brother Darrell said yesterday, we have the Old Testament to crush. And we have the love of Jesus there. You know, what is making the connection between the old and the, the new one? To don't crush and to love like Jesus only through the word and the Holy Spirit guiding all of us. It's a learning process that we are going through. This is what Moses with the burning bush, he was trying to tell the average people. And he says, you are only to the Lord your God. <clears throat> Israel identity as a people of God is reminded by Moses over 250 times because God had chosen them. There were certain standards for their behavior and worship. Moses says on verse 2 and 21 that the people are holy. By obeying, they would remain in the right relationship with God to receive his blessing and to bring glory to his name. Peter also reminds us to be holy in 1 Peter 1, 15, 16. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all what you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. You know, the local church must also be a holy temple. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. 
To be holy like Jesus means we love and obey God by refusing the business arrangement proposed by the world and Satan. Jesus, after fasting 40 days, you know, he declined all the kingdom of this world. And he said to Satan, away from me. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Moses' relationship with God after receiving the tablet with the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai was noticeable to make him capable to instruct Israel on how to worship God by being a kingdom of priests. That's you and I, brothers and sisters, and a holy nation that differs from all the other foreign nations and religion. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Moses wanted the new generation who would enter the promised land to live as children of the Lord, like you and I, and to separate themselves from the ungodly world, like Pastor Paul said yesterday. We too, as believers of the salvation by the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, we are being set apart for God's glory. By letting the work of the Holy Spirit to flourish, yes, flourish in all, all what we do. Believers should separate themselves from the defilement of this world. And so much, like mentioned by Pastor Paul yesterday, so much defilement in the world right now. And to seek perfect holiness in the fear of God. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and weaknesses have in common? Nothing. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? God's people are required to be holy. And if they are holy, they are in depth to the grace God therefore should not confirm to the pagans, like mentioned by Pastor Paul yesterday. Especially those sacred above all nations of the earth to appreciate to be servants and worshipers of God and to enjoy God's blessings and privilege. If not, there'll be only curses. The remaining of the chapter talks about how to truly worship God, including what the Israelites should eat or not, the provisions of the tithes to the Levites, the priests, and the poor, and the purpose of the sabbatical year. <clears throat> you know, the people of Israel were to demonstrate the difference between even what they ate. Yes, what they ate. We've already seen that the Jews were not permitted to eat meat with blood, like Pastor Paul said yesterday. They had a respect for life and the respect to the animal. And now Moses is reminding us of the creatures they were permitted to eat. You see, in verse 4 to 8, we're talking about the land animals. Verse 9 to 10, we're talking about the water creatures. And in verse 11 to 18, the fall and the flying insects from verse 19 to 20. What the world is trying to teach us now to leave behind all the meat. And we're going to start eating insects soon. Mm, I wonder about that. The water creatures and birds that are scavengers were prohibited because those who ate them might pick up parasites and become ill. Why about bats and COVID? You see, 
Fasting is also an accepted spiritual discipline when connected with prayer. But food does not command us to God. For neither if we eat, are we better? Nor if we don't eat, are we any worse? Believers who think they are more spiritual than others because of what they eat or do not eat need to ponder their false humility by reading Colossians 2, 16 to 23. It is likely that God declared some creatures unclean as a means of teaching his people to exercise discernment and to behave like holy people in everyday activities of life, such as eating. The same principle applies to believers today in what we eat or drink or whatever we do. Do all to the glory of God. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When we give thanks to God's blessing before we eat a meal, we are not only acknowledging his faithfulness and goodness in supplying daily bread, just like he did for 40 years in the desert for the Israelites, but we are also telling him that we want to honor him in what we eat and the way we eat it. The spring and fall Jewish festivals are one way to be thinking and worshiping God before and after the harvest season. And we'll look at that later. Another factor in the dietary laws may have been that the prohibited creatures were in some way associated with the pagan worship that Israel was trying to avoid. You shall not boil a young goat into his mother's milk. May fall into that category. The water creatures and birds that are scavengers, like we said, we could pick up parasites to become ill. The final reason from eating creatures from dead involved the important rules that the Jews were not to eat blood, and there was likely blood in the carcass. Another consideration was that the Jews were not to touch dead bodies because this made them unclean. If a Jew found a dead animal, he could give it to a visitor because he's not under the jurisdiction of the Jewish law. Now, before we talk in the next chapter about the sabbatical years, let's see what Moses was trying to bring up with the tithes. You know, Moses instituted tithes to the Levites that would be distributed among all the priests. The Levites, having no inheritance like the other tribes, the Israelites were not to forget them by giving them 10% of their produce. In return, the priest would intercede to God on behalf of the people. The priest told them how God wanted them to live, which produced a properly lived, safer, happier, more meaningful life, which in turn brought national and individual blessings, the greatest of which was a close relationship with God. You know, verse 29 says that every third year, the people were to give the Lord a second tithe, which did not remain in the sanctuary, but in their 48 cities and their surrounding grounds. You can read Numbers 35, 7, and was used to feed the Levites and the needy people in the land, especially the widows and the orphans. 
the purpose of this extra provision to the Levites, the poor and the widows, was to avoid the covetousness, distrust, and selfishness of the human heart. And how much we see that today. It promoted friendliness, liberality, and cheerfulness, and raised a fund for the relief of the poor. They were taught that their worldly portion was most comfortably enjoyed when shared with people in need. If we serve God and do good with what we have, it is promised that the Lord our God will bless us in all the works of our land. The blessing of God is all to our outward prosperity. And without that blessing, the work of our hands will bring nothing to pass. The blessing descends on the working and giving hand, not laziness. As Christians enjoying the blessings of God's grace, we ought to do far more than the Jews who live in the dispensation of the Mosaic law. The New Testament does not command us how much we should give, but it does urge us to give in proportion to the blessings we have received from the Lord. You can read 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. The purpose of the 10% tithe on the third year, another special tithe is to transform, transform our heart to please God and to glorify him in preparation for the Sabbath goal. Here, every seven year and the Jubilee year, every fifth year. Now, I have two questions for you. Three, you remember when I talked to you about the burning bush to Moses? It brought him through everything that he had to go through, all the suffering. Do you remember your first date with God? Your burning bush moment? Second question. It took so long for Moses to learn about humility. And God talked to him at the appropriate moment when he was humble enough to hear and listen and to absorb all that God had to give him. Had you been in the wilderness for a while like Moses? 40 years times two, that's 80 years to learn how to trust. You know, yes, trust by faith and to depend only on God like we are all doing today, right now, live. Is there a Mount Sinai location in your life? You know, a mountain to climb where God is giving you back to shining face, away from everything, you alone with God, your burning bush moment, your mountain, your climbing, you're going through, you know you're going to find God. Let's tackle the next chapter. The type was only preparing our, our heart, just like the worship song when you start the service. That was just an end to your ears. But can you imagine? You have to go through one full year to depend by faith on the provision of God. And the Jubilee year, you're talking about two years. Before we get going into the sabbatical year, that is kind of limited year. Because we're only talking about the cancellation of death. We cannot forgive. We cannot forgive. And you must go back to the teaching of Sister Melanie. When she was talking uh, with Leviticus 25 and 26, 
And the following Thursday, we had the testimonies of many sisters and brother Daryl. You must go back to listen to Sister Melanie and to listen to the testimonies. I pray that I would have been at that evening. I wouldn't be here today repenting. But you know, the Lord has his own timing. And we are all part of his glory. You know, Brother Darrell and Sister Caroline, Elizabeth, Leslie, Judy, and Angela, they were rewarded by the obedience to God's laws on July 7, 2021. The sabbatical year was every seven year. During that year, the Jews were to cultivate but to rest the land for one year. It was a real test of faith because the people would have to trust God to produce sufficient provisions of grain, vegetables, and fruits they needed for themselves and for their flocks and herds and farm animals. The Jubilee here had even a greater test of faith because this is seven sabbatical years times seven sabbatical years that come to year 49. And the Jubilee years, year 50. I mean, year 49 and year 50, two years, no work. Just depend on God's provision. Sufficient for the wealthy and sufficient for the poor. God's provision would be sufficient to allow the obedient wealthy Jew to eliminate the poor among the Jews. This is what we're studying right now. This was a real test of love from the wealthy Jew to the poor because they have to let go their debt on year seven to the poor. Especially if the request would come just a few years, just a few years before the sabbatical year. The rich, wealthy Jew would know in his heart, he, would, he couldn't be paid all back. It was a real test of faith from the wealthy to the poor. God wanted to correct. You know, this is so important. God wanted to correct the thinking, the thinking of the wealthy people by helping the poor without questioning. Without questioning. The Lord, the Lord would provide you. That poor person might need need, that widow, that orphan. And you don't hesitate to help that person because she or he is in need. Even if you know you're not going to be paid back, the Lord will pay you back. Good example of that, Boaz. When he went through with Ruth and Naomi, how was he blessed? He married Ruth. Why can you ask for more than that? The Sabbath year and the Jubilee year were part of God's wise plan to balance. I say balance the economy. The Lord does not count the same way as you and I. He does not have the same amount. If your bank account is empty because you have someone else, he's going to take care of it, even if it doesn't make sense to you. God will provide sufficient provisions to the wealthy and the poor. 
We only have to go by trusting the Lord by faith, nothing else. Unfortunately, yes, I see unfortunately even today, the nation of Israel would not consistently obey these laws by accepting, yes, listen to me, accepting the methods, the methods, the system from other nations. Oh, the Lord, these guys are doing it this way. Let's do it all together, the same. Hmm, foolish. They did not observe the Sabbath law. No, they did not observe the Jubilee year. No, the Lord said, my way is my way. I'm going to take care of business with you guys. I'm going to send you in exile. Yeah, 70 years. The Lord sent Israel in exile for 70 years. You don't want to give the rest to my land? I'll give it myself. Let's get out. Jesus knew that there would be always poor people in the land. The positioning of our heart should be like Mary. You remember Mary? She had expensive perfume, one year salary. What she did? By love, she took care of Jesus. Judas didn't see in the same way. Jesus saw at his bank account, hey, so much money. She ruled. See, Mary had her heart with love. She didn't look at her bank account when she put that perfume on Jesus' feet. You know, the Jew unable to pay back a debt could also become a servant. And would provide six years, yes, six years of free service, free labor to pay back his debt. And what happened on the sabbatical year? The master had to let go the servant with even gifts, provisions. Just like Israel, when we got out from Egypt, what happened? They had plenty of gifts to go through. And the master must do the same. But you know, the servant could also decide, like all of us Christians, I love you so much, Lord. I want to still be a servant of yours. I don't want to go anywhere else. You're letting me go. I don't want to go. I want still to want to be a servant of yours. And some servants didn't take their freedom after seven years. I said, you've been so good to me, master. I want to keep serving you. You know, releasing the servants on the seven year was a reminder, a reminder that Israel was a slave in Egypt. And the Lord was redeeming them. Let's finish this chapter with the firstborn animals. In remembrance, in thankfulness for the spring of the firstborn of Israel, by the firstborn, both of man and beast were slain by this ring, the death ring angel. The firstborn animal, dedication to God, is also a representation of Jesus who sacrificed his life for us. Any animal with defect could not be sacrificed. Why? Because Jesus represented the ultimate perfect sacrifice. God forbid eating bloody meat in the Naomi. Now, Noah, sorry, Noah ate, what a word, covenant, 
and in the law of Moses. Both spiritual and physical were likely behind this prohibition. In Christ, we have freedom of choice. Yes, Jesus said we have freedom of choice in this matter. But we have to use self-restraint to avoid hurting another believer. And this should all be done with the glory of God. I would like to conclude this study today with two Bible verses. 2 Corinthians 7.10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. And finally, Psalm 32. One to five. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your end was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgive the guilt of my sin. Thank you for joining us today. Have you become an official member of our HeartStrong community? Visit heartstrong.life and click membership to sign up. Once you've registered, you will receive an email with links and tips for how to engage everything that HeartStrong has to offer. As a member, you will have access to so much incredible discipleship content found on the members page, such as all of our weekly Bible study events, a monthly training plan with disciplines and practices and discipleship questions to help guide you on your discipleship journey. We also have our most recent Bible study video, all of our teacher Bible study notes, and an on-demand video archive of all of our Bible studies that we have ever done. And lastly, every month, we create and curate content to encourage you on your discipleship journey. So what are you waiting for? Visit heartstrong.life and join today. Let's become heartstrong disciples together. One, two, three.